Hi guys, welcome to Jesse's Place Podcast Season 3. This is still a safe space where I, your resident realtor, discuss business tips, mom life, healing, empowerment, and everything in between. I'm not just your resident real estate agent, I'm here to provide you with resources and ideas to help you level up in every area of your life. And of course, I'm from Brooklyn, East New York, and if you know, you know. Now let's get into it. Hi guys, welcome to Jesse's Place Podcast Season 3. I'm so excited, I can just scream. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about real estate, how to get a, a written offer in, and I'm giving you some tips and tricks. Um, last season, we talked a lot about um, getting your affairs in order when you are looking to make a home down payment. Um, we talked about down payment assistance, we talked about mortgages, and a lot of people um, wanted to to know that okay they got their mortgage they are shopping for a home but there isn't a lot of inventory there aren't a lot a lot of houses available so how can they set themselves apart so that they can get the house without going into a a battle you know against other people to get a house how to get their offer accepted so we're going to be talking about that today. I want to give you some tips and tricks about how to deal with that. Also, I want to give a quick shout out to my new audience demographic, Nigeria, Switzerland, and the Netherlands. Um, big, big shout out to you guys for tuning in. Let me know where you're tuning in from. Send me a message on social media at Jesse the Realtor on all platforms, and I will shout you out if it doesn't automatically come up on my audience demographic list anyway, Okay. So now let's get right into it. I have missed you guys. I'm so excited to hear what you guys have to say about season three. I've got tons of fun um, episodes coming up for you guys to listen to, but this is a real estate based episode. So let's get into it. Okay. So how to get a winning offer and the way that the real estate market is set up right now. I know like for a lot of people who are um, buying, um, we are in a season of um, where things are picking back up again. Usually, like I've discussed before, usually during the winter time, um, the winter months for, for the real estate market really consists of like October to about, I would say, March. And then things really start to pick up um, early spring because the school years are winding down uh, on this side of the world. And people are not really afraid to, you know, leave during the summertime because they know that they don't have to pull their kids out of their favorite school or get them away from their friends because really everyone is kind of out of school during summer vacation. So for families, I see that a lot of people like to move at the end of spring um, and, and early summer. So this is really going to be a pickup season right now. So the, the, the nation in general, right, our world right now in general um, there's been, well, basically in, in our side of the world, right? I'm, I'm locally based in New Jersey, born and raised in New York, East New York, Brooklyn stands up. Um, but on, on our side of the world, we're seeing that there was a serious, serious housing crunch because, um, as we learned throughout the pandemic, a lot of people working remotely. And even though people are going back to the office, uh, a lot of people have not gone back to the office um, to date, right? It's been two years and a lot of people still have not gone back to the office. So we saw last year that there was a, a lack of inventory, and but there was a lot of people who had the means to purchase, right? 
And but we also saw that because there was a lack of inventory, the inventory that was available, the houses that were available on the market, the prices went up. Right. It's like, you know, supply and demand when there's so little of something, um, the demand for it goes up and that increases the value of everything, which is, you know, it sucks, especially if you were already struggling to buy a home with the way that the market was before this, this whole pandemic situation definitely, um, really, really, you know, did not help. Right. So fortunately, if you are one of those buyers who was struggling to find a home, we, there's definitely good news. I know last season we discussed that, the mortgage rates went up significantly higher and I was right, right? Because when you used to be able to get a uh, three point whatever percent, now it's 4.5 or 5.1% mortgage rates. So the mortgage rates went significantly higher than I even predicted. So definitely sorry about that. But the good news is, is that the prices of the homes are starting to you know, reach a, a reasonable um, amount. It's not as as crazy as it was before. You know what I mean? So, okay, now let's get right into it. While it's true that the, you know, having a higher mortgage rate can definitely decrease your purchasing budget because you have to take into account um, the interest that you're paying on the actual purchase price of the home, there's definitely different ways for you to compete in the market, right? So, uh, definitely a high offer definitely gets a, gets attention. So I sold a home, um, recently I sold a home, I sold a home, you know, real estate agents, you know, that when you sell that first property, <laughs> you know, that that feels so freaking good. So I sold a home and I listed it for a certain amount and it sold for 50 K over the, um, asking price, which is great, right? For us. But imagine, you know, you are a buyer and you're competing with people who are willing to go over the amount by so much, right? So if you already have a locked-in budget, that's really going to hurt you if you cannot go over the asking price right now because, you know, the inventory is so low. Like I said, during the winter months, people do not like to move. The inventory is going to start to open up because people um, are definitely, they get that spring fever. They're ready to clear out the clutter and they're ready to get moving. I'm not sure why things work that way, but we see the trend that usually uh, homes for sale really start to have an uptick around the spring and summer months. Okay. And like I said, I think it's mostly because definitely for families, uh, people who are looking to downsize or to, you know, upsize, I think it's easier if you have children to move when they're not so attached to a school, a school year, right? Okay. So let's get right back on topic because you know, your girl always likes to get off topic. Don't let me do that this season. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Definitely. If you're a buyer and you're struggling to find a home, guess what? I got some good news for you. Okay. So like I said, having a, a high Offer price definitely what's going to get you some attention, but most sellers consider a variety of factors when they are evaluating an offer. Because you got to keep in mind, you know, um, when someone is selling their home to you, you might look at it as just a shell, right? But to them, like that's their, that's probably like the most expensive thing that they ever own for most people, right? That's their baby. Like you know, I I love my home where I live, and if I was to sell my home. I would be super apprehensive about who was going to be coming into my home and I would still consider it my home even though I was selling it, right? Um, so one thing that you need to take in mind is that people 
you know, you might look at the home and be like, oh yeah, I don't like this about it. I'm going to change this when I get it. People, they see their home as a reflection of themselves, most people. So <clears throat> there are going to be a couple of things that you got to keep in mind, right? So I'm going to give you some tips that's going to help you utilize to sweeten your proposal and outshine the competition. So if you are in a buyer's market right now, if you are dealing with other, you know, competition, I'm going to help you figure out how you can get your offer against other people accepted. Okay. Because if you don't have that extra 50 K, not necessarily $50,000, but if you don't have that extra money to go over the purchase price, which happens most of the time right now, which I hope that trend does not continue because it has been insane for my buyers, but on a selling stand, it's good for me because it helps me look good to the to the persons that, you know, I just sold their house. Like, hey, I said I could sell it for this much and I wound up selling it for way over. So it's good and it's bad, but hey, guys, take the go with the bad. So one of the first things that you want to do when you are thinking about um, putting in an offer for a home, one of the first things that you want to consider is you got to show people that you are mortgage ready. So, okay, let me give you an example. On our previous episodes, we talked about um, I had a couple different mortgage people come on and I interviewed them and they told you exactly what to do to get pre-approved. But let's take it a step further. One thing that I'm noticing, I am dealing with a buyer. Uh, let's just give them uh, Jane Doe, right? Dealing with the buyer, Jane Doe. Jane Doe is pre-approved to get, you know, uh, $90,000 condom. But people... Nowadays, they want to see, okay, yeah, you're pre-approved for that $90,000 condo, but are you really mortgage ready? If we get to that closing table, is your uh, pre-approval going to get disapproved for some reason? Like, are you going to lose your job this week and then you're going to have to get a co-signer and then I got to wait even longer to get paid? That's what these these um people are going through. A lot of people are going through that. So what they want to see is they want to see you all the way through the underwriter process, right? Because the reality is no one gets paid if a home sale falls through, right? If it falls through, nobody gets paid. So that's why sellers and their listing agents favor offers with a high probability of closing, right? So a high probability of closing can include a cash offer because if you're just paying cash out of pocket 90k and you can show that you have it in liquid value and you come with that 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 um evidence okay this is great this is clear to close and like i just said also being basically mortgage ready like not just your pre-approval but going through the whole process that you could sign tomorrow okay um so sellers particularly right so sellers they love all cash offers um, because there's not going to be a chance of any financing issues <laughs> coming up at the last moment because cash is cash. Um, but you know, don't get all crazy if you can't pay cash for your home. Okay. Um, because according to the NAR, which I am in a part of the national association of realtors, that sounds all fancy, right? <laughs> but according to the National Association of Realtors, only about one in four home purchases are all cash deals. So that means most of us are getting mortgaged. Most of us are financing with a mortgage. Like myself, my husband and I financed our home through a mortgage. So if sellers are sure that the financing is going to come through, buying with the mortgage doesn't have to be like 
a big disadvantage, a bad thing, okay? Um, that is tra the traditional way of purchasing a home. Don't get scared that you don't have the cash because don't get scared, okay? The most important step is obviously showing the buy showing um, the seller that as a buyer that you are pre-approved, right? And then your pre-approval letter that you get from your mortgage lender is going to show that seller that you dead serious about buying and that you are able to make a good offer. Okay, they want to see that pre-approval letter like boom on hand, right? And it's also um, important to consider the reputation of your lender. So let's say your mortgage lender doesn't have is not a reputable company. Okay, yeah, my cousin's brother's sister's friend's mother's brother's sister's cousin is a is a mortgage lender. Everyone wants to be a finance person now. <laughs> if they don't have a reputable background and it looks fugazi, trust me, it's not going to be good for you. Okay, you don't want to deal with um um lenders who don't have a good reputation you want to go with an upstanding bank you want to go with lenders that have that name it's kind of like when you buy um i'm not into um i'm not into bags that are like necessarily expensive but it's kind of like you know if you're buying a a bag that is known for its name brand like a louis vuitton or like a louis vuitton bag i'm sorry like a louis vuitton bag right a lot of people think okay this is louis vuitton uh i hope i'm saying that word right um I'm purchasing a Louis Vuitton bag because the name is reputable and I know that their leather is good. Boom. Um, as opposed to that, if you buy like, you know, a pleather um, knapsack from the dollar store, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I shop at the dollar store, but still like there's a reputation that goes with having that good leather, right? So the brand behind the leather is going to be like, okay, this leather comes from this brand. This is good leather, right? So it's the same thing when it comes to um, the reputation of your lender, right? You want to make sure that your lender is known to do good dealings um, in their upstanding bank, right? So like most sellers, they may or may not know or even care about the lender's reputation, but the agent that they're working with definitely knows who the lenders are. We all know mortgage people. As real estate agents, we know all the mortgage people. All the mortgage people, we know them, okay? And we can refer you to mortgage lenders. Um, I have a bunch of different mortgage lenders that I can, that I refer people to and they're all upstanding banks and have great reputations. And I am proud to be affiliated with each and every one of them. And some lenders are definitely easier to work with than others, honestly, but especially if you are pursuing a certain type of mortgage, like an FHA or VA loan. Um, if you have listened to our previous episodes, you know, that, um, certain lenders, they specialize in a certain type of loan. Like I had, um, one, um, lender come on and he talked about specifically about helping, um, uh, police officers and firemen and, and, um, service workers. And they have a special, um, loan that they can apply for and they get a special rate of things like that. So some lenders, they, they specialize in, you know, maybe the down payment assistance programs, you know, they have to be approved, um, lender to, to help with that type of lending option. Okay. So, if you're pursuing a certain type of mortgage, like an FHA loan or down payment assistance loans, you're going to want a lender that specializes in those types of mortgages. Because if you want a home down payment assistance loan and your lender isn't familiar with the program, that's that's not going to help you, right? You want someone who's going to be able to put your paperwork through, get all your things together and say, hey, I can get you this home down payment assistance if you do A, B, C, D, E, right? But if that lender doesn't know the process, they cannot push that that work through for you. So that's, you're going to be at a disadvantage for that. So you definitely want a lender who specializes in the type of mortgage that you're pursuing. 
If you're ever unsure which lender to choose, when I first went out to purchase my first home, I was just Googling everything. I was like, do I apply uh, for a mortgage at my local bank? I, I had no idea what to do. Um, but I learned. And now that I learned and then I became a real estate agent, now I'm I'm paying it forward and giving you the info. So you don't got to go through what I went through, okay? Because it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys all right, all right. don't let me get off track you guys are always letting me get off track anyways <laughs> if you are unsure like i was who you need to choose then you can ask a reputable licensed real estate agent you can go to a, an agency and say hey i'm looking for a mortgage lender you know which company do you have any referrals that you can that know this is the type of mortgage that i'm looking for you might not even have the verbiage you might not even know what type of mortgage you want but if you can just say you know what you're you know what you're looking for someone who is experienced will be able to be like okay i think i know what you're talking about i think this person might be able to help you so just as long as you have an idea of what you want to do even if you don't have the exact name of the type of mortgage that you want um definitely reach out to an agent and they can refer you to a couple of different resources to get you started okay so the next thing that you want to do so remember Solid showing solid financing to a seller and to their agent is gonna put you boom at that's that's one of the top 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 tips there. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is gonna be I know people don't like this, and I don't usually preach this, but you gotta be able to put down a deposit, okay? You gotta be able to show that you have a serious offer, you know, and um, it might not be that you put that whole thing down, but buyers can show sellers that they're serious about their offer by putting down what's called a large earnest money deposit. So earnest money is a deposit that's held in escrow by a title company, okay, or the seller's broker or lawyer, not the real estate agent, never the agent, okay? If the pro if the purchase goes through then that money is going to be applied to the down payment cost and the closing cost. If the sale falls through, but hey, pay attention, guys. Pay attention to this part because this is what I was almost scared of happening because when I purchased my first home, our sale almost was not going to go through because of other circumstances, but it did, but it almost didn't. So I want you to pay attention. If the sale falls through, the buyer... If you're a buyer, you could make you could lose some or all of that deposit. But putting down a deposit shows the seller that you are serious about uh, purchasing the home. So by putting down a large um, earnest money deposit, and I would always say that if you can calculate, you know, with your lender what your down payment is going to be anyway, putting that down as a earnest money deposit. And it's going to be applied to your down payment anyway. Don't be afraid to do that, okay? If you have, um, if you're going to be putting a down deposit, it, it it would show in good faith. Let's say that your down payment total closing cost and everything is going to be fourteen grand. I would say, you know, put match that, you know, match that because it's going to go to your down payment and closing costs anyway, okay? Um, that's just an example. I cannot tell you what to do when it comes to that, but I'm just saying from my experience as a buyer, um, it just looks better when you have something to put down. Okay. 
so the so like I'm saying the the deposit is gonna be it's usually like around one percent or two percent of the sell price. But if you offer a higher deposit, it shows um to the seller that you're serious about the property. Okay. So, but it's like I said, it's a little risky because if the sale falls through for some reason, like let's say you wind up not getting your mortgage, um, let's say someone loses their job, let's say um something comes up in the in the underwriting process of the mortgage process, and you can't you got that pre-approval, but they didn't catch something the first time, and all of a sudden you're not gonna get approved for that type of mortgage, then you could wind up losing all or most of that deposit. Okay. So just be, just be careful when it comes to that part. Okay. So another thing that you can think of when you are in this buyer's uh, war, most real estate offers include contingencies. Okay. So contingencies are clauses that allow for one or both parties to back out of the agreement. If certain conditions are not met. So one of the conditions that I had when I was purchasing my home was that if I did not get approved for my mortgage, I would lose my earnest money deposit. So I was definitely afraid to lose my deposit because, you know, we had worked for that money so hard, blood, sweat and tears, um, hours and hours of overtime at work to come up with the funds to purchase our first home that I was so definitely afraid to lose to lose that money. Um, but thankfully we did get our mortgage and everything was great, but that is something that could be, um, a contingency. Okay. And that's not good for you because if for some reason you don't get your mortgage, your deposit is gone or more, all of it is gone. So like in my situation, all of my deposit would have been gone, not just some of it, all of it. I would have forfeited my whole deposit. So these contingencies, they appear in the purchase agreement. Okay. And they must be accepted by both parties. Okay. And it is legally binding. You can't get out of it. Okay. You can't say, oopsie daisies. I didn't know that was going to happen. Can I get my deposit back? No. If you sign to for it, then that's it. You're done. So ask for few or no contingencies. Okay. So a common contingency is going to, can include financing. Like the one I just described, a financing contingency gives the buyer the window of time in which to secure the mortgage. So you know, let's say that that that's for 30 days. You have 30 days to finish getting your mortgage. If they are unable to do so, then they can withdraw from the purchase and the seller can move on to other buyers. Another contingency inspection An inspection contingency gives the buyer the opportunity to have the home professionally inspected for issues like structure, wiring, plumbing, you know, the deal. Typically the seller may choose whether or not to remediate those issues but if they do not, the buyer may withdraw from the contract. So let's just say you tell the buyer, you tell the seller, oh, hey, you know, I'm, I want to purchase your home. But this contingency with the inspection is if I find that the wiring is totally whacked out, then I can back out of the agreement. That means that that's OK. You you know, if you did put a deposit and the contingency was not met, then boom, you, you, you're free to go. OK, so appraisal with another contingency. Most lenders, they're not going to offer a mortgage on a home that costs more than it's worth. So an appraisal contingency gives the buyer an opportunity to get the home professionally assessed. To, and I always, 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 always preach to get an appraisal. An, appra an appraisal contingency gives the buyer an opportunity to get the home professionally assessed to ensure that its value is at or above the sales price. If an appraisal comes in low, the seller may be asked to renegotiate the contract. Ooh. 
Okay, another common contingency, last but definitely not least, is the sale of a prior home. So some buyers cannot afford to purchase a new home until they sell their previous one, which is totally normal. So if the buyer is unable to sell their current home within a specific, specified window of time, this contingency allows them to withdraw from the contract without penalty. Okay, so contingencies can be your friend. So since contingencies reduce the likelihood that a sale will go through, they definitely generally make an offer less desirable to the seller because it's really for the buyer's benefit. So the more contingencies that are included, the weaker the offer becomes. So it's better to have few or no contingencies. Therefore, buyers in a competitive market often volunteer to waive those contingencies. I decided to waive my contingency for financing because I was so sure that I was going to get approved for my mortgage, even though there, something did come up that I almost was not approved. <laughs> but I did waive that contingency. And, and, and had I not gotten my mortgage, guess what? I would have lost my deposit. So definitely waiving contingencies is something that you really need to think about as a buyer, but it does make you look better to the seller because they're like, okay, cool. They don't have any contingencies. or They're just asking for one or two things. Okay, great. Um, so, you know, you definitely gotta, you know, recognize the risk of doing so. Right. So let's say that you, you choose to waive a home inspection contingency. You might find out later that the home requires mad renovations, you know, and a buyer who waives the appraisal, they could risk their mortgage falling through. So you got, you got to think about that. So definitely, um, as an agent, I can help you assess those risks before you decide to take them. You should always have an agent on your side helping you navigate that and a lender on your side helping you navigate that. All right. Now let's talk about offering a flexible closing date. Um, when I first purchased my first home, I knew nothing. I didn't even know what closing date meant. I did not know what contingencies meant. I did not know with cash to close meant. I, I didn't know any of these things. But if you offer a flexible um, closing date or a leaseback option, now, leaseback option, oh, this is going to be really good. Okay. When it comes to selling a house, sometimes money isn't everything, right? Because sometimes people, they sell their homes for a bunch of reasons. They're relocating. Someone has passed away or they're downsizing, whatever. So <clears throat> if let's say like a seller, like the one that the lady that I purchased my home from, she was moving to another state with a, a relative and she was downsizing. So she needed a little bit more time once uh, we made the purchase of, of the home. So having a, so, so, okay. So all right, let me give you, let me give you, okay. So for example, if a seller is in the process of planning a significant move, they may prefer a longer closing timeline that gives them time to find housing in their new location. Fortunately for us, she did have um, a new home, but it was being built. So it had, we had to make sure that she, her home was built in time and the closing time could, would match. So similarly, having a short-term leaseback option. So this happens when the sale is complete, but the seller retains the right to rent the home for a specified time. And that could be good for you, right? So you can make money off of your home while they're renting it for two months or a month uh, until, you know, their next um, place is ready to go. So you could, you know, that could help pay your mortgage until you move in. So that could be really, really good as a, as a good, um, offer. So this, this arrangement, it enables the seller to use the money from the sale of their home. So not only just purchase their next home, but a leaseback agreement also makes it possible for them to avoid moving twice 
when their next home is not yet ready to occupy. So having a flexible closing date and a lease back option is definitely one of the most powerful advantages because you one, you have a, a month-to-month um, transferable, right? And I'm sorry, a transferable lease. And you're also offering more flexible timeline than the buyer who is um, simultaneously selling their existing home. So this definitely is a huge value as a buyer that you could give a seller offering a flexible closing date or a lease back option. And last but not least, working with a skilled buyer's agent like myself. <laughs> and when you have a competitive real estate market and the one that it is, it's one of the greatest advantages that you could give yourself is working with someone that you trust. Make sure you have a good rapport with your real estate agent. Make sure that you can ask them any single question. Okay. We as agents, we fully understand the process. Not only as most of us are home buyers ourselves, um, but we fully understand the process and we help you submit an appealing offer without you taking on too much risk as a buyer. So Plus, we know how to write offers that are designed to win over both the seller and their listing agent. The truth is, most of us know each other anyway. So listing agents, they play a huge role in helping sellers evaluate offers, right? So um, let, let's say, you know, I, I just hosted an open house recently and 13 offers are on the table. And, you know, <clears throat> sellers looking at all these offers, they're like, wow, where do I start? Like, which ones are the best? How do I know which ones are the best? And as agents, we're there to help them navigate through that, right? So, they, you know, you want to work with a skilled agent who's professional, communicative, and obviously courteous. So once your offer is accepted, we'll also handle any further negotiations and coordinate all the paperwork and other details involved in your home purchase. The best part is, you have a knowledgeable, licensed advocate, okay? Advocate on your side who is watching out for your best interest every step of the way. So with that said, I want you to think about you have a skilled buyer's agent on your side. You have a flexible closing date or you can offer a leaseback option. You also have few or no contingencies, you have a large earnest money deposit, and you can show your seller that you have solid financing, that you can get approved for your mortgage. What else do you think can put you over the top when it comes to getting um, a winning offer in today's real estate market? I want you to send me some answers on social media at Jesse B. Realtor. Um, like I said before, in many cases, a competitive offer does not need to be all cash. It doesn't need to be contingency free either, okay? Um, and it doesn't need to be way above asking price. <laughs> but if you are serious about buying a home in today's market, it's important to consider what you can do to sweeten the deal. So if you're a buyer, I can help you. We can help you in today's market without getting all stressed out about it. And if you're a seller, I can help you evaluate offers by taking all the relevant factors into account and let you know what's the best options for you as a seller or let you know what's the best options for you as a buyer. Um, if you guys have any more questions, if you have any other tips or tricks to help you win your dream home <laughs> to get your offer accepted, uh, hit me up on social media at Jesse the Realtor on all social media platforms. I thank you as always for tuning in. Uh, this is season three. 
And again, I can almost scream. <laughs> um, I hope that you guys enjoyed this real estate-based episode. And I will see you next time. As always, guys. Remember, challenge yourself to become the person you want to become. Stretch and be ready to fail. Always remember that the right people will value you in the right way. Practice humility. And when you make room to speak about what exists in the present, you no longer have time for the past. Live your life purposefully and with intention. Manifest. Stay blessed. Till next time. Subscribe. Leave a message. Leave a review. And as always, I thank you.